Hi, it's Joel, and this is Rev Thinking. This is where I share all my secrets on how to take your studio or agency or production company to the next level. Today is March 16th, 2016, and today is a part two of my interview with Tim Thompson. Tim is the founder of RevThink. Welcome to Rev Thinking. RevThink leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Find out more at RevThink.com. Now here's your host, Joel Pilger. Who is Tim Thompson? That was the question we started asking last week in part one. And this week we conclude in part two of my interview learning all about Tim and his background and where he comes from. You might remember from the previous episode that Tim got his start working on the film titles for Seven and the early days of Imaginary Forces, then You and Co. and Trailer Park. But then around that time, he started getting requests from his friends who were running studios of their own, asking for his help. And that ultimately was the culmination of what is now RevThink. So let's pick up my interview with Tim in part two. So now in, in the story, this is, I think, the point where you have friends that are now reaching out to you and saying, hey, Tim, can you help me? I, I don't understand, and I'm trying to figure out, and yeah. you realize, maybe I can help all these people. That's right. Because I've got all these tools and best practices and you yeah. know, things that I've, that I've learned, and I can actually start helping the industry. In a funny way, I, I remember pitching my friends. I had three or four of them lined up, and I said, <laughs> I have a really good idea. You all need me, but you all can't afford me individually. So how about you share me among yourself, and I'll stay out of the competitive items, so you can still compete with each other, but I'll help you keep things going. Everything, keep things right, help you yeah. run your business so you can be a great creative or what have you. That's right. That's yeah. exactly it. And the creative guys go, oh, I just need my business being run and I'm really good at creative, but it would be really great if something can happen back here. And then also like these new things were coming up. Like I have a partnership that I want to create or dissolve, or I have somebody that I want to negotiate with, or I have this client issue that needs to be taken care of, or these freelancers are taking all my money, or whatever these kind of bigger issues were that are not specifically production-related, but business, like yeah. real business-related items. And I didn't necessarily know the answers to them, but to have, be available, that they went to work, and I went to go find the answers. And I would meet with the lawyers or talk to the advisors or read the books or whatever that mm -hmm. was. So I was collecting the answers on behalf of people and then bringing it to them as a solution and then they, they would pay me. You know, the early models that we were doing were really the beginning of some of this other kind of enterprise-related solutions we have now. Right, right. Um, now the conversations seem so common as you walk in and out of them, but really they were groundbreaking at that time because people didn't even know well, I would say nobody was doing what I was doing. And no one knew it existed or could find somebody that could be that kind of a specialist in a unique way. Even if there are great business people and great business mentors, which there are great, and business is business and translates, but where the rubber hits the road in our industry and specifically related business items, it takes some life experience to, to get to the bottom of it. Yep. And I think, too, there's also just a having walk, you know, the concept of walking a mile in someone's shoes. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've owned 
a studio. I've run that kind of company. I've been responsible. I've had to make me to payroll. I've been I've made this kind of mistake and these kinds of failures and you know all those lessons learned. Yeah. Um, so I, I the, my point in the story I think is is fun because I remember I remember it was a rep that introduced us. That's right. And I was reaching out to this rep and interested in engaging her because I had a sales problem. I need more sales, rep, can you help me? And as we're talking, she's an astute lady, and she says, I think you do need sales, but I think you have some other problems. Do you you know Tim? Yeah, right. And I'm like, who's Tim? And I remember us getting on the phone, and I'm telling myself before the conversation even starts, don't like Tim, don't like this, you know, what this lady, I don't need these people because these, this all sounds expensive. That's right. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? Well, um, it was expensive back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I remember us having this long conversation as I was sitting in my car on the outskirts of downtown Denver, and I remember hanging up the phone and saying, dang, I really didn't want to like those, what they had to say. I really like what they had to say. And then, of course, skip ahead six months later, I engaged you yeah. to consult for me, and I always tell people, I, what I said to you was, where have you been all my life? Yeah, right. Like, I could have really used Tim 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so that was, for me, that was, it was incredibly refreshing to be able to work with somebody that, okay, not only did he work at this groundbreaking studio and he helped make this, put this company on the map and he helped solve all these problems, but that information is now accessible to me because there are a lot of people out there that have knowledge and experience and expertise, yeah. but it's locked up in, well, they work at that <clears throat> company, or they're a partner there, they're employed there, whatever. They can't share this stuff. Right. They can they can share certain things. And this is like our frustration when we go to conferences and seminars and we read books and things. Is the a lot of these experts, they'll only share bits and pieces because they can't give it all away. That's right. Because that's, right. like, that's it's not it's their job to actually protect those things. Whereas we're now in the enviable position of we can give it all away. We can help everybody. Right. And that's really fun. And this story, coming back to the, the guy, Jim, that was asking us questions the other day. You know, what... What's groundbreaking for them and engaging us is not only that we're available out there, but they're curious of how, you know, a Los Angeles-based company that, you know, name it, Los Angeles-based company gets through something. And I say, oh, I know that answer because I'm the one that did that for them. And they think, whoa, like it's not even, it's not just a reference that I understand how someone else did it. I actually wrote the program or put the system in place or taught the owner how to do something. That's the... That's the foundation that made that made us laugh earlier. Of yeah. Like where that guy went, whoa! Like I didn't even realize. Yeah, the it's the difference between the okay, I need to like do a weekly meeting to track where are my jobs and are we on budget? Have we invoiced? Have we whatever? And it's not you don't just tell them. Well, they have this thing called spreadsheets. Right. Yeah. And you should just build one. Like that's the abstraction of like yeah, you can use that kind of a tool. Yeah. It's all it's it's then saying no, I have that tool. Yeah. And I'll give it to you. Yeah. And it's the tool that works. Like we use this right. with all of our clients. It's a, it's a absolutely wonderful and this, tool. And the reason and the system behind making that tool work. Right. Because filling out blanks on a spreadsheet doesn't necessarily give you information. Having a system that that's in place so you're getting accurate information, right information, and the feed is going to the right people to make the right decisions. Sure. That's sure. that's the real trick. Yeah. And simplifying. I mean, think about trying to invent your operations and doing your job for your client on the same at the same time on the same day. 
at nighttime you're doing one job and the daytime you're doing the other. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. It's, so to know, like, there's just something that already works in place so that they can engage or we can teach them, we'd be happy to do it. Yeah, that's the painting, painting the lines on the highway as traffic's going down at 90 miles an hour. Like, doing both is really hard. Doing one, either one or the other is yeah. like, no problem, but that's doing right. both is really messy. That's right. And usually there's going to be blood involved. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, so I... Um, so now what? What does is, what is, what is RevThink look like now? It's a consultancy, but, you know, somebody's never, maybe never met you, never encountered what we do and what we are. What do you, how do you describe that? Yeah, that's a really good question because um, we're not the problem-solving company that we were when I got started. People are coming, well, people do come to us with problems. I should, I don't want to say that they're not. But the thought of there's specific issues that we just go after, like a, like a rifle, and just kind of knock them all down one by one. Um, over the years and the experience we've had with multiple clients, we know that there's, there's a root or a base or a purpose that that entrepreneur started their company. And when we... Their why. That's right. So, you know, a breakthrough for us was to begin a, a process of assessment to ask, the, to get to the bottom of the why so that we can understand the vision with them. And, you know, like I should say, we, we don't sit there and vision cast. We don't consult on what the vision is or do vision statements or, or that type of purpose. We just want to know what your career looks like and why you chose this path in your career. Believe in them, accept their vision, and then start building the roadmaps and the, and the systems in the place right. to make that happen. And what are, what are some common visions? You know what I mean? Like, what are, what a lot of owners they're getting into it for this reason, that reason, the other. Oh yeah. What are some examples? Well, they, well, the easiest one, especially with creative owners, is they they got into it because they didn't want anyone to tell them how to do the creative work. They wanted to be the ultimate creative person in there. Mm-hmm. They think they have something to contribute to the industry and their creative vision. They don't want anything in the way. That's probably the most common purpose that's there. Especially for starting a firm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also imagine it may be in the back of their mind or people would admit that this also is an industry that old people aren't in very much unless you own the business. So some people engage it for security or purpose or truly to own an asset so that they have something when they're done with their life. Right. Now, you and I both know the trick is is that just because you start a business doesn't mean that business is an asset. And one of the things we do try to help them with is to convert their job to a career and their business to an asset. Meaning specifically, an asset is something that works on your behalf instead of you working for it. And so there's, there's some principles and ideas of what you invest in and how you invest to turn that business to an asset so that it can live beyond you or capable of being sold to somebody else or, or that kind of work. So What was the, how did you, you summed it up today at lunch and you said people get into this business for three reasons, one of three reasons. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, th- we don't have that on the blog somewhere already. You haven't quoted me out there in the world. I will, I will after I get, <laughs> after I get it on uh, my, Shoot. you know, recorded. Well, without a doubt, I say, um, I say people get in this business for one of three reasons, fame, fortune, or freedom, um, or all three. You, you like to fill in all three. Right. Um, I just want to. I want to have it all, right? <laughs> yeah, and it really is a mix of all three. But people have intention. The creative people are often in this business because they want to be known for the creative work they've done, fame, um, or they see that owning a business, um, being part of a business, allows them some flexibility of life. They can make a lot of money in a short time and take some time off. Um, maybe owning a business and the business works for you 
those, that's the freedom people. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is good money in this business. There's harder ways of making the same money. And to be able to take advantage of the, the, how the money flows and how we can create value and how that value creates even greater value for our clients and come alongside our clients to, to create that value, capture a piece of it for yourself, is the fortune part of it. So I think everybody falls into that category. Uh, to the guys and girls out there saying, yeah, but how do you actually work with clients? What's the simple picture of what it looks like to hire a consultant? Is it a... That's a good question. Right, you know, is it, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on the, do a webinar once a month, or do I read your book, or do I, you know, well, like, what's the actual engagement sort of, how does it work? You know, some people might call us, you know, they're out of house CEO or out of house CFO, mostly meaning we have, we help them engage in large decision making is what they mean by that. But some of my favorite descriptions is, you know, we're the friend of the owner. Right. Um, truly coming alongside that owner and trying to figure out how to make the best of what they're, what they want to create. Um, you are, you know, you're, you're more equipped to help them even with creative and creative vision and creative work and, and have that critique. You know, me from a, uh, lifestyle and, and business management and finance management and that those you know specific specialties but to understand who they are what they're about and engage them with their answer of why they're doing it and ha start building a plan and strategy to make that happen um, it is the purpose yeah. so we start with that owner we engage in a conversation you know you, you know, we choose our clients, and our clients choose us. It's not always, uh, it's not always a perfect fit right. uh, for both sides. Well, I think another interesting point too is that we we view our the companies we work with as in our portfolio. Oh, like, yeah. why would why would we use that term? We're investing in our in our clients, and just like a, an investment portfolio, it's look at look at the time that we've put into these businesses. And, and their performance because of the work we've done with them. Mm -hmm. All right, so thanks for uh, giving us the lowdown on You're, your story, uh, right? right? Yeah. The quick version. Yeah. Does that it. mean I don't have to tell these stories at our lunch meetings that from now on? You can just say, listen to my podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Tim and getting to know him a little better. We will see you next time on Rev Thinking. Thanks for listening to Rev Thinking. For more insights on running your creative studio or to ask us a question, visit RevThink.com. We'd love to hear from you.